Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome into the Friday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow, live from our downtown Nashville studios with Old Smoky Moonshine, Yeehaw Beer. I am Chad Withrow, Jonathan Hutton, well-deserved day off, but we went big today for his co-host, very <laughs> special co-host today with us. I'm in Nashville. She's currently in New York, Charlie Arnault of OutKick. You've seen her a lot on Fox News lately, and she is kind enough to join us for the day talking about, you know, whatever the hell we want to talk about. Let's, let's face it. We'll get into a lot of different subjects today. We know Clay Travis will say whatever the hell he wants. He's going to join us a little bit later. we got John McClain talking NFL with us as well and Tim Brando coming up on the show. But Charlie is in New York with us right now. Charlie, welcome to Hot Mike. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be here. I'm glad we coordinated with our blues. Yes, yes. And also, I you know this there's like we should just call it the I'm cuz Chaz is um is my nickname. People call me Chaz, you know, for Charlie. So it could be the the Chad and Chaz show for today. Or just we could just blend it. Just call it Chaz. We could be like Cher <laughs> there you go. or Bono. It's like our, it's our it's our celebrity nickname. Exactly. Like Madonna, you know, we don't need we could even be like Prince and just have an unpronounceable symbol to the show. We could put that and and make up our own logo for Chad. So many different possibilities today with the show, but we're thrilled to have you on board at OutKick and thrilled to have you a part of the show today. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to get into a lot of different issues uh, facing sports. Biggest thing going on right now in sports is the NBA Finals and the Nuggets dominate in game one last night. And while I have mostly loved these NBA playoffs throughout so far, because it has been about what's going on on the court, and not about protest or anything going on off the court. It's yes. been more about the basketball. I've enjoyed that part of it, Charlie. But I've got to be completely honest here. Even I, and I love Jamal Murray, I love Nikola Jokic, I like this Nuggets team and how they play, I'm having a hard time getting overly hyped up about a Nuggets Heat NBA Finals as I actually watch it last night on TV. And uh, for that reason, I'm going to watch the games, but I'm not – you know, it's not it's not the sexiest of matchups in terms of franchises going head to head. What is your interest meter in this series so far? You know, it's an interest meter in the fact that it's the first finals appearance for the Nuggets. Uh, you know, you got to feel happy for the head coach. You got to feel good for Nikola Jokic. I, it was funny. I was even listening to the broadcast last night and they were reminiscing about when he was drafted and the fact that he you know, I had some, some downsides that were critiqued. And, you know, when they were talking about his upside, they were like, yeah, maybe not too much upside for this guy. And it's like, boy, were they wrong. Uh, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice story. Uh, Jamal Murray, his first finals appearance. And then on, you know, for the side of the heat, I just think the heat are such a spectacular team. There's so many players on that squad that I love uh, the personalities of, I love the skill sets of, and the fact that they were the eight seed now making it to the finals when Jimmy Butler predicted they were going to be in the same position last year. There's a lot of cool 
individual stories as this finals pertains, but I'm kind of with you. There's a little bit of the the luster that comes along with the finals. It just doesn't seem to be present this time around, especially last night when it was such a blowout. I mean, I was barely even paying any attention to the screen in the last quarter uh, because it was like the, you know, the Nuggets were running away with the game early on. So I hope the series does not continue in that direction because I like good games. I don't care if I don't have any interest in the teams. We like close and competitive games, and we did not get that last night. Yeah, we like stories, too. Uh, we like heroes. We like villains. We like all those things about sports. Pretty cool. We like dynamic duos. Jokic and Murray became the third duo in NBA history to score over 20 points and have over 10 assists in an NBA Finals game in the same NBA Finals game. The other two duos, Magic Johnson and James Worthy, and Jordan and Pippen. So not bad company there for Jokic and Murray in game one of the NBA Finals. And oh, by the way, Nikola Jokic averaging a triple-double uh, so yeah. far in these playoffs, which is pretty cool to see a guy yeah, that and, well-rounded. And, and you know, when you talk about making history, Jokic with that performance joined Jason Kidd as now being the only two players to make their NBA Finals debut with a triple-double. So not too shabby, huh? Not at all. And... Uh, a lot of stories going on around Major League Baseball right now. And and a lot of them, I feel like, involve backlash. There's one move made that angers someone. They speak mm-hmm. out against it. Then something changes. Then someone else on the other side gets mad. And it's sort of this tennis match going back and forth. Charlie, you noticed something yesterday with Major League Baseball uh, in their logo that changed yeah. for Pride Month. And then it changed again. What can you tell us? Yeah, so yesterday was the kicking off of Pride Month, as everybody knows. And to start off the month, they had the trans flag in the background or uh, the pride flag. Um, to be honest, like, I'm not sure which one it is. It's I, I one don't know of the- either. <laughs> it, it almost looks like we just talked about the Nuggets. It looks like the old 80s Nuggets logo yeah. in the background <laughs> like of Major League Baseball. It used to look like what we just, you know, Roy G. Bibb, what we used to learn in uh, kindergarten growing up. Yep. And now, you know, it's taking on a whole new meaning. Um, but yes, yeah, so you could see that was the, the symbol yesterday. The logo then today changed. They took away the pride flag in the background. And that's because players are just sick and tired of being used as walking billboards for the left's propaganda and their politics. They're here to play the game. They're not politicians. It's unfair to make them hand over their values and represent a, you know, a a movement, an agenda that they do not correlate themselves with. So uh, I think it was a good move on the MLB. I'm sure they would have gotten a lot of slack had they kept that up. But I think there's some rumblings, a lot of which I don't think we've even begun to hear about. I know we've kind of been getting inklings of it, but I bet there's a lot more going on behind the scenes as to how upset a lot of these players are. And they've had enough of it. I mean, just because they play for the MLB doesn't mean that they should be forced to debase themselves. Yeah. And not only that, you know, it's it's so odd to see leagues and teams use players and coaches as pawns for virtue signaling, right? I mean, that's, yeah. I think even if, you know, people uh, in Major League Baseball saw Clayton Kershaw's comments about it, he's like, look, I'm, I'm open to anyone coming out to the, the park, right? He's a Christian. He's yeah. like, that's, that's the Christian way. I'm not sitting here and trying to debase a group of people or anything, but when you start debasing us, that becomes an issue, and we're, we're just sick and tired of it. And I, I do think we've reached a bit of a turning point with that, where now players are speaking out more freely yeah. against these things. Charlie, tell me what you think about my take that I've, I've used on this show a lot. But if I were ever a sports owner, 
Okay. My stance is that I stand for nothing. I'm about the team. I'm about putting the best product on the field. I'm about helping out the fans. I sell tickets to anyone who wants to come to games and acknowledge the rules of the park or the arena or the stadium or whatever team I own because you only get in trouble when you try to acknowledge everything and be about everything. And it's so much better when teams are just about the team and the sport, and we've seen it go, go so crazy oh my gosh. out of this world in recent years against that. Yeah, well, I think when you say you stand for nothing, I think that's standing for a lot. To have a sports organization that's successful and gives people what they want, and that's to escape from the real world, which right now is just full of insane politics. I mean, that is giving the fans the best package you possibly ever could. So I think, you know, if there's an opening on a sports team, guys, I know somebody. I know a guy. I can put you in touch. I can help broker this deal, chat if you want. Um, but, yeah, I think that Please. a lot of people throughout history we've seen, they turn to sports as an escape, right? That's They, they want to unwind. They want to kick back. They don't want to think. They just want to enjoy watching their favorite players, watching a good game, having a beer, eating a hot dog, whatever it is you will. And right now, that's not what they get. They're confronted with so many you know, forms of propaganda, uh, mostly from the left. Mm -hmm. And it's just a little sickening. I mean, we all we saw a lot of it kind of come to fruition in the bubble, um, you know, in the NBA. That's like when things really started getting very like in your face, like instead of the players having the names on their jerseys, which, you know, we've never seen them swap out names for social justice phrases, but suddenly that was the status quo and writing things in the end zone and writing things on the sidelines. It's just, it got to be a little too much where you even saw, who was it? Um, who was it? Uh, one of the, you know, all-time greats in the NBA says, I don't even watch the NBA anymore because it's gotten too politically driven for my taste. Phil uh, Jackson, I think, said that. That's it. Yep. That's it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I just think it's gotten to a place that's unhealthy and uh, sports is a lot of things, but politics does not need to be, you know, in that same realm. Totally with you. And speaking of insane politics, uh, a move that, I, you know, me as Chad Withrow, hypothetical sports team owner, I, I wouldn't engage in this. Chad Withrow, hypothetical head of ESPN, I'm not engaging this. But, Charlie, they had a very unique way to signal in Pride Month where they're doing a ceremonial raising of a trans flag uh, on the ESPN campus. You worked at ESPN. And if ESPN bosses came to ESPN employees and said, we're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance every morning, you know, buy an American flag and have an American flag raising, I feel like people at ESPN would find that objectively hilarious, right? That, that we're going to do like an elementary school start to the day. Uh, this story to me is objectively hilarious, that ESPN is doing this. Just looking from the outside in, you were inside that building, you worked there. What do you think when you see this story? I mean, I just think it's like, I just think get a life. I mean, there's, this is just seems to be everyone is pulling the same moves out. Oh, we got to raise the trans flag. We got to hold pride events. It's like, listen, I understand you want to, you know, make sure that you're known as being in an accepting workplace and tolerant of everybody. But why do we need to talk about people's sexual preferences and make it a scene? I mean, we're at work here. Why do you know? I'm not talking about my sex life, but somehow raising a flag to represent others' sex lives is appropriate. And on that same token, 
I think that the fact that they have, and we're going to get more into it later, uh, but one of their most valuable talents uh, just has been speaking out lately more about uh, the transgendered athletes entering into the world of women's sports. And they don't so much as say a word about it. Don't address it. Don't defend her. Yet a couple of days later, they're going to raise the trans flag. If you ask me, pretty clear where they stand on this topic. Yeah, and let's get into that because I know we're going to talk with Tim Brando coming up. We had some thoughts on Twitter about it as well. But you mentioned it there, Charlie. Sam Ponder uh, sends out a few tweets in support of Riley Gaines and support of, of what I think is a very basic knowledge of women's sports and fairness is that you know biological women should be competing against biological women. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it should be. It infringes on Title IX when you start talking about the possibility of scholarships being taken away from female athletes also. She takes what is a stance that probably 90 to 95 percent of Americans agree with. And Nancy Armour of, the U- of USA Today writes a hit piece column calling Sam Ponder a bigot, saying that she's masking bigotry with what she is saying. And Charlie, you mentioned it, but it's silence from ESPN. Well, actually not complete silence because Sarah no. Spain of ESPN liked a tweet that was promoting that, that column. What do you make of all of this and, and where everyone stands right now in the lack of defense for someone like Sam Ponder? So first of all, ESPN is quick to jump to employees' defenses in a lot of other different cases. You look at Mina Kimes. Uh, it was several months ago. There was some Boston radio personality who took a dig at her and referred to her in some derogatory term. And ESPN very quickly came to her defense saying, this is not appropriate. We stand with Mina, blah, 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 which is great. They should do that. They should stand up for their talent if they're being dragged by, especially, listen, fans are one thing. You can't really control what the trolls say on Twitter, but there's another media personality coming after one of ESPN's employees. ESPN 1000% has a responsibility to say something and defend their employee. So in this case, you have Nancy did you say Armar? I've been calling her Armor all week. I guess it doesn't uh, really matter. I, 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 really, I probably really, churched it up a little bit too much, Charlie. Really I think you're right. Yeah. She's, uh, she's a nobody uh, to most people, uh, except maybe in her own home. So, you know, she decides to write an 800-word hit piece on Sam Ponder solely because, like you said, she has some common sense and said that this is not fair to women. We need to preserve women's sports. I mean, of all people, Sam Ponder knows women's sports. She's been working in the sports world for so long. Uh, She's ultra talented. She's married to an athlete. I mean, if you're asking for an expert opinion, I would say Sam Ponder is up there with the expert opinions. Uh, But ESPN, not a word, not a word. They declined comment, which just to me seems like such a cop out because I think that if they were to defend her, they know they would get some backlash from the woke mob, right? And that's who everybody is so scared of right now. Everyone bending over backwards to accommodate what really is a very tiny minority of people, the craziest of people, because even the LGBTQ community as a whole, I don't think identify with this small group of lunatics. Uh, So I think that it's really sad that ESPN didn't say anything, but also remember during Women's Month, they did put a tribute out for Leah Thomas, transgendered athlete who stole countless opportunities from women, women, as we know. So they actually haven't been silent. They haven't spoken out directly, but their actions show us what side they're on. Well, and the sad reality about it, Charlie, and I agree with everything you're laying out there, is that 
when you look at ESPN or a lot of major corporations right now, and we can call it woke or whatever we want to, but what goes against Sam Ponder in this is that she is a pretty blonde white woman. And if the argument is seen between pretty blonde white woman and the trans community, regardless of who's right or wrong or who has merit and who doesn't, and in this case, it's all on Sam Ponder's side. She has the merit. She has the logical argument in this whole deal. Nancy Armour or Armour or whatever, however you want to pronounce it, she doesn't, right? But if we're going to defend someone, it's not about the argument. It's about the optics. And the optics are we don't want to be seen as anti-trans. So even if Sam Ponder's right and Nancy Armour's wrong, Nancy Armour is the virtuous one because she is standing up for the rights of the trans community. And here's this pretty blonde white woman over here. Uh, we don't really care about her even if she's right because we can't be seen as anti-trans. And I, it, think, it that's, also, I think that's sad, personally. It is, it is sad. And also when you look at all of the work that ESPN has put in, especially I would say in the last two years, to help to elevate and, and bring more eyeballs to women's sports, like the um, women's NCAA championship. Uh, they, or was it, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Iowa um, and, uh, and LSU, watched, yeah. Yeah, most watched game of all time. You know, and they made sure to put that on a platform and promote it and put big name talent on it. Um, like L. Duncan, for example, they pulled off 6 p.m. Sports Center to work the NCAA women's tournament because they wanted to put their top talent in this area so that they could help to get it some momentum. Yep. So it's like, okay, on one hand, you're trying to really pump up women's sports and bring the eyeballs to it that it deserves, you know, cause you have some ultra talented athletes and you want these women to feel like, okay, we're getting the same opportunities as men. But on the flip side, you're doing nothing. When you see the landscape of women's sports is being destroyed by the fact that transgendered athletes in a lot of cases are now being able to compete in that area. Spot on. Look, I coach my daughter's softball team, and I, we're watching right now the Women's College World Series softball uh, on ESPN. I think they do a terrific job when they're covering the games, when they're showing the games. I, I enjoy watching softball, especially now that I coach it. It's a fun, fast-paced game, so that part of it is working, but when you willfully ignore this other part of it, and not just willfully ignore it, but go out of your way to celebrate what's going on with Leah Thomas, the way you had mentioned, Charlie, I have a problem with that. And yeah. I think most people that support women's athletics would have a, a problem with that as well. Um, Tim Brando is one of the people who definitely has a problem with this. We'll talk about this issue with him, get into Big 12 expansion and other issues coming up next. Tim Brando, Fox Sports, he's next. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're back. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. I am not Hutton. Uh, he is out today. I am Chad Withrow. 
Charlie Arnault, our special guest co-host today as well. We're going to be joined by Tim Brando of Fox Sports coming up. We are live downtown Nashville studio with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer at 6th and Peabody. And there is a group from West Virginia right outside these walls right now that they're absolutely getting after it uh, to Country Roads. We heard the entire thing during the break. It was spectacular. And now every time I think about West Virginia, the main thing I think about is the fact that they all hate Dan Dockich uh, for what he said about Bob Huggins and everything that went down there. I'll always think about that now with West Virginia and now I'll also think about that performance of Country Roads. We just heard from half the state of West Virginia is what it sounds like is in the bar right now. Coming up a little bit later in the show, there's some John Morant news, and I don't think it's good for John Morant. Adam Silver was talking about a possible, not possible, a length of suspension. There will be a suspension for John Morant and basically said, we don't want to do anything during the NBA Finals, so we're going to wait and then announce it, but that they found new information and that they've uncovered quite a bit more information on John Morant. So, I didn't take that to think we've got information that exonerates John Morant in this situation to where it's not going to be as long of a suspension as we previously thought. I took that to believe he's in big trouble. They've got more information about things that he's done or has been doing, and they're not going to spoil their NBA finals by releasing such big news during the finals. And Instead, they're going to wait until after the finals and say exactly the fine, the suspension and fine levied against John Morant. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Again, Tim Brando from Fox Sports going to join us here shortly. And also later in the show with Charlie on, Charlie, a former ESPN employee, we're going to talk about Pat McAfee and the ripple effect of McAfee joining ESPN and what that could mean to him and maybe some potential hurdles for McAfee. Clearly the money is good, reports of up to – $10 million a year for McAfee to take his show to ESPN. We know ESPN loves McAfee. He's already on college game day. They clearly love that show. I don't think they're going into it thinking they're going to censor him, but I can see the possible pitfalls of issues dealing with a league partner like the NFL or something going down to where Pat McAfee is going to have to apologize for something or not talk about something. Otherwise, he would want to talk about. So that's another one we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Is Tim Brando on with us right now? Okay, Tim's not on? All right, we're waiting on Tim Brando right now. So Charlie Arnault is up in New York with us right now. Charlie, we can get into that um, You're at, stuck at this with time. Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, there, there's worse places to be, trust me. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be here with Hutton. So this is, this is far better. <laughs> Hutton, if you're watching, I'm, I'm totally joking. You're, you're a great co host. Uh, but Pat McAfee he's now making him to ESPN. He's not watching. He's no, on he's, vacation. You think yeah. he's spending his vacation watching us? No. Absolutely no not. He's kicked if back he is, somewhere. Then I, then I, he's got then a, I feel bad. He's got a cold <laughs> drink in his hand somewhere, kicked back, definitely not watching us right now. Um, Pat McAfee to ESPN, Charlie, and the possible issues that, that could come with that. I, I brought this up in the beginning. You know, He said it's going to be the exact same show with fewer F-bombs. And I'm thinking, well, it's not the exact same show. You're already announcing that because it's on TV, it's not going to be as uncensored as you were before, and that's probably just the start of some censorship. I don't think there's some evil intent with ESPN in this, with McAfee, but I do feel like some issue may come up with the show where they're going to have to go to him and say, hey, you can't talk about that. You can't say this about the league. You can't have this guest on. Something is going to happen there. Do you agree? 
A hundred percent. I mean, it's silly and naive to think that just because they said they're going to give you full reign and nothing has to change and all they're merely doing is giving you the platform to reach millions of more people at a time, right? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. ESPN has their own agenda. They're owned by Disney, which we know is an ultra woke company. Uh, Disney is not going to let so many different things fly that Pat McAfee has already gotten into in his podcast when he was partnered with FanDuel. Uh, and listen, Pat McAfee is a very smart guy. He's a very smart guy. I have to imagine he realizes some things are going to change. I think upon announcing his show moving over, Obviously, he's built up a very loyal fan base. He wants them to believe that everything's going to remain exactly the same. And I'm sure in the beginning, you know, maybe they'll let a little bit more go than normal. You want to retain that audience base. But Pat is not stupid. He knows who he's going to work for. He knows the regulations that are involved. He knows the politics that are involved. And I think that still, you know, he probably the money, you know, money talks, probably a nice paycheck for him. And it is true. He's going to reach a lot more people. He's going to be on... Think about when you go into any bar or airport or gym, ESPN is always on several of the televisions, uh, no matter what time of day it is. So he is, he's going to have a lot more exposure. Uh, it's just a great way to build his brand. And I think, I think there is possibly, I would have to imagine some type of out where if he does feel like he don't, no longer has the creative control that he wanted, maybe, you know, they go their separate ways. Although I don't know what kind of position that would put ESPN in, but. I don't know. This just seems like Pat McAfee has to realize, but yeah, it's, it's, there's no chance it stays the exact same in the long term. Being told that Tim Brando is ready to go on with us right now. Tim Brando of Fox sports with us. Tim is not with us right now. Okay. We'll continue trying to get Tim on the show. Uh, something you brought up though, there, Charlie, that really makes me think, and I think this is going to be a gigantic story coming up. And that is Sage still versus ESPN Disney. And also Disney ESPN versus Ron DeSantis slash State of Florida. Because what's happening here is Sage Steele, in a lawsuit, is arguing, you can't punish me for expressing an opinion that's not on the platform, on another podcast, and doing that while also trying to argue that against the State of Florida, hey, Florida, you can't punish us because we have a different opinion than you. I think the hypocrisy in that is going to be interesting to follow. And now we do have Tim Brando joining us of Fox Sports. Tim on with us right now. Tim looks like he's fresh off the golf course. Tim, how'd you shoot today if you were on the course today? Well, actually, I, I, uh, I was not on the golf course today. But uh, your producer, Davey, will tell you that I, I, I was working, ardently working to get uh, a signal because we lost Wi-Fi today. We lost uh. power here at Chateau Brando. I was going to show you my backyard and, and pool deck for a period there. I didn't know that we could do it without Wi-Fi. And then I hustled up here and suddenly had some difficulty uh, getting on through Wi-Fi. But we're all good. Played yesterday. Played good. 84 strikes. Should have made some putts, but it was a good day. Well, we appreciate the effort and appreciate you hopping on with us. So You bet. Big noon kickoff on Fox. First two games of the year featuring Coach Prime, Colorado. Tim, I think it's brilliant to put him on early in the season because with that roster yeah. and what's happened, this is not going to be a team that wins a lot of games. But we know Colorado and yeah. Deion Sanders is going to be in the national spotlight for those first couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Getting before that one-loss record starts looking uh, a little tough, you know, when yeah. you uh, 
bring the teams out onto the field. But let me tell you something about this situation with Colorado, all right? By the time we come on the air, I really believe there's a very good chance that they will be headed. Of course, they can't play in the league now, but they will be playing again in the Big 12. I think that's going to happen. Based on my sources, uh, Colorado, uh, Utah, the Arizona schools, uh, all may be in the mix. The Pac-12 is in some difficulty right now. The clock is ticking on George Klyavkov. And um, who knows what might happen with Oregon uh, and Washington. I think those two teams uh, may still have an outside chance of getting into the Big Ten. We'll see. But uh, realignment is going to be discussed heavily over the next few months. Do you think it ends there, Tim, with the Big 12? Those schools you mentioned, it's what everyone's mentioned, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. Does the Big 12 stop there, or do they continue the expansion with some other schools? Well, the pressure is coming from the presidents and ADs at those schools. Okay, they're knocking on the door. Memphis already wants in. Okay, they're on the phone with Brett Yormark constantly. I actually think Memphis would have been a good choice already, but they chose to go with the teams that they added, and with BYU, uh, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati, they got four great ones. I don't think Memphis hurts them at all, uh, but I think a lot, uh, the linchpin here is Colorado. I think that uh, what is going to happen there? They left on poor terms with the Big Twelve. There's there's some baggage there uh, from old regimes, but uh, it makes a lot of sense. I think Dion was probably aware of this before he took the job. It enhances the opportunity, I think, to succeed uh, from a recruiting standpoint if uh, if they come into the time zone that is uh, the Central Time Zone to get some of their players. He'll do very well there. Charlie Arnault with us up in New York. Charlie, you got something for Tim? Yeah. So, Tim, um, I saw you've been speaking out on behalf of one of the most talented assets over at ESPN, Sam Ponder. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a USA Today journalist who is just absolutely common for her, uh, calling her a bigot because she's Mm -hmm. done nothing but stand up for women's sports. Um, You brought Title IX into this and, you know, talked about there's a lot of pro athletes who aren't saying a word about it and, you know, or maybe getting involved in the wrong manners that you would, then you would probably expect them to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you refer to it as a weaponization of title nine. Could you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, I don't think Charlie, I I don't think that we're seeing, and by the way, congratulations to you uh, on speaking out and doing what you did, because that took courage and confidence in your own craft, your ability to land with a golden parachute uh, at our place and at Outkick. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, and, I, and I do think similar things probably will happen for Sam and maybe even for Sage Steele too. Uh, look out for that because I think to do what they did and still be under the Disney umbrella uh, took uh, a tremendous amount of uh, faith and courage that they must have had in themselves, okay, to, to tweet what they did because very few others will. And you and I both know why. Uh, very few others will. And uh, all due respect to the company I worked for way back in the dinosaur era, was a much smaller place in 1985 through 1994, but I wouldn't be where I am without uh, my time spent at ESPN. So I have no ax to grind whatsoever, but it is very clear uh, that uh, muzzles have been put on the mouths of many of their uh, personalities through the years recently. And I think that this is uh, yet another example and because uh, they have such a volume of events and are the 1,200-pound gorilla of sports broadcasting in this country, 
if they lose you or if they lose them, certainly after they lost me, they were fine. Okay, there are a lot of people. All of us are replaceable. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. But I was really happy to see more women in prominent positions come out. I'd like to see more athletes. Very little has been made of what Martina Navratilova had to say. I, I covered uh, Martina in tennis uh, in the 80s during her heyday, right at the very top of her um, situation with Judy Nelson at, at both Wimbledon and prior to that at the Pilkington Glass over in Eastbourne, England. And um, she's one of the most transparent and courageous female athletes I ever had the chance to cover. And she spoke out about this, uh, as has Caitlyn Jenner, clearly. So, you know, when I hear all of this talk about, well, what do you mean by weaponization of Title IX? Women fought very hard in the 60s when I was growing up. Uh, They didn't have an NCAA for women. It was the AIAW. Programs like Delta State and Our Lady of Immaculata out of uh, Philadelphia had great teams. You know, when Nancy Lieberman was coming up, it was very difficult for her. Um, And I think, you know, the first time the NCAA Women's Championship was played was 1982, okay, which to you would be a long, long time ago. For me, it was as uh, as I was beginning to get where where you are, I'm going to say you're in your early to mid 30s. Um, maybe maybe younger than that, maybe in your late 20s. I, that, that's how old I was. I was 26 years old in 1982. I remember it well. I called a lot of women's games, a lot of NCAA tournament women's games. And those youngsters for finally were having a chance to play on the grandest stage and to now see what they made this sport become, okay? What the Kim Mulkeys of the world, okay, did for women's basketball. And to have now suddenly that very thought that Title IX, what they fought for for so long, is now being used as a weapon against biological women competing in women's sports, it's beyond the pale. Uh, And for anyone to suggest that it's science, that's baloney. Uh, It's not biological. If you are suggesting that this should be happening, oops, sorry about that. If you're suggesting that this should be happening, okay, because of science, well, then you're trying to reconstruct, okay, the biological culture of our country. That's wrong. I don't care what your thoughts politically are or how you view yourself and how you want to identify yourself. There's just some, I'm not against trans people, and I don't believe you are either. We're just against trans people people that are biological men competing in and taking away championships from women. God bless Riley Gaines for what she's done. And uh, as much respect as I give ESPN, how dare they during the month of, uh, of title nine month to promote Leah Thomas in such a manner, how dare they do that to not just the women that have competed uh, at the NCAA level and international level, but to the women that work for them like you. Yeah, it's um it's interesting because there are so many talented athletes right now as far as women are concerned that you could highlight. You know, you could really give such a strong opportunity to a female athlete who maybe doesn't have, you know, her name in every household like some do. You could really use that right. time to spotlight someone new or or build upon the reputation mm-hmm. that maybe a a more well-known star has already achieved. Uh, but they chose to highlight Leah Thomas, and and it's interesting. And I, I'd love to get your take on it. 
what do you think about the fact that ESPN puts so much energy and effort and resources into pumping up the exposure of women's sports right now? But on the other hand, they refuse to even defend Sam Ponder when she's yeah. called a bigot for doing nothing except standing up for women in the fairness of sport. Well, sadly, it's because of a view, and they're not the only ones in corporate America that have this view, that it's time to change, okay, the construct, okay, of, uh, of our biological identities of who we are as human beings in our country. It's not, it's, it's well beyond sports. Their agenda is well beyond sports. I try to limit my thoughts to sports, and I think it's tremendously unfair what they're doing to biological women. The overlords of the corporation, be they in Burbank or Bristol, have an agenda. And that bottom line is what is driving all of this. And <laughs> you don't have to be uh, far right, because I'm not. Uh, I, I, I consider myself a centrist. Yes, full disclosure, I'm a Republican. I view myself as a conservative, but a compassionate one. And when it comes to human rights, there are going to be many times that I will be on the opposite side of some of my fellow Republicans. But on this, there's absolutely no reason for it to even be an issue. And they are marring the history of sports as it relates to Title IX, something that they truly wanted to celebrate and had every reason to celebrate. Uh, it's, it's like I said, um, it's not a generational issue. It's not because I'm 67 or you're four decades younger than me. It's, it's about the biological construct of our culture that they are attempting, they being any of these corporations or anyone else that you run across, uh, in sports today by using sports as its platform, the situation in Los Angeles with the Dodgers, uh, as a Catholic, I'm offended. I'm absolutely offended by what they did. And um, if, if we were talking about mocking uh, many other faiths and ethnicities, um, it would never have happened. There would have been all kinds of, I mean, the, the, right. the, the pushback would have been incredible. But because it was uh, mocking the Catholics, and we at times, uh, as, a, as a Catholic born in the uh, baby boomer generation, we, we refer to ourselves times as guilty Catholics. Uh, because of uh, some concerns that we had in our lives while growing up, uh, that that unifies us. Because <laughs> I have every right to believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and the sacraments that I took to become a Catholic. And for that to be mocked by these Our Ladies of Perpetual, whatever they are, uh, that that's an affront mm -hmm. uh, to the very uh, being that we as Christians had growing up. Tim Brando, one of the best, brought it today. Tim, really appreciate it. Brought it on the golf yeah. course at your most recent outing too. I, I, I pray I could ever shoot an eighty-four. That's an amazing <laughs> score for me. So I don't even great know job. what shooting an eighty-four means. Yeah, but that, good yeah, job. That's, and that's just a normal day well, at the golf office for Tim. So, so great job. Yeah, we, we appreciate well, you, Tim. Well, let me. Thank you very much. Good to be here. And maybe next time we can talk about that SEC decision to play yeah. only eight conference games. We can we can mow that one down. Maybe in a week or so. We'll get that Wi-Fi <laughs> fixed up in your house, and we'll have you back on and talk about that SEC schedule because there's a okay. lot to unpack with that. Thank you so much, Tim. Always appreciate right. you as a guest. My pleasure, Chad, and lovely to meet you, Charlie. I really respect your work. I Thank do. you so much. I appreciate you and your support. So I hope to see you and talk to you soon. Tim Brando, Fox Sports, has been our guest.
When we come back, John Morant, what's going to happen? We won't know till after the NBA Finals. That's coming directly from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. We'll discuss that. What all of this could maybe mean for Brandon Miller as he gets ready to possibly go number two overall in the NBA draft. That's coming up. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. We're back. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. I'm Chad Withrow. Hutton will be back with us on Monday. Charlie Arnault, our special guest co-host today on the program, joining us live from New York City. And uh, she's on with us right now. Maddie Ice has been over there taunting me all week, saying we wouldn't make it through the end of the week, wouldn't make it to the end of the show. And here we are. We're almost one hour down. Charlie's doing a great job. We're having fun. So, Matt, I say to you once again, you were wrong. We will get through this, I promise, and we are going to crush the rest of the way. John Morant, go ahead. Sorry, Charlie. I just have to say, I hope we make it through the rest of the way because even just looking out for myself, I, you know, I, I mentioned to you over text before we got on the show, I am dealing with a pinched nerve in my neck right now. And as much as like, I'm not letting my face show it, I have like, it feels like I'm getting stabbed with a knife down my left arm constantly. Have you you dealt with this before? Is this a recurring issue or is this something new? No, it's not new per se. I've dealt with um, the pinched nerve for a bit now, but usually the bouts of which my back tenses up, I get these horrible shooting pains are like quicker. You know, they're in, they're out. This one has been now going on for two days. I slept one hour last night because I could not get comfortable. Uh, I went to the doctor today. I was super pumped to get a cortisone shot in my neck. And I only, I got there only to find out that you need a pain doctor's referral to get a cortisone shot in your neck because it's such a delicate area. So instead he gave it to me in my shoulder thinking it might help to solve some of the, the arm pain. So we'll see. But anyways, that's what I'm dealing with right now. So I hope everyone out there listening and watching is having a better week than I am. Well, you're a pro's pro because I haven't been able to tell a thing uh, with your neck the whole time. <laughs> so, so great job with that. You're playing her today. Uh, this is like your Jordan flu game going on right now with yep. the pinched nerve in the neck. I will say like this setup in studio when I get to just look forward the whole, the whole time and do a camera, really helps my neck because you get into this thing when it, with Hutton and I in here, I'm looking to the right the whole time. And by uh, the time I'm done, I try to turn back left. And I almost yeah. feel like, like you oh. with a pinched nerve. And it takes me about an hour and a half to work the neck out. Maybe I'm just getting old also could be part of it. Uh, but I, I feel like I, my, my neck has never felt better, Charlie, is what I'm saying. So I'm sorry wow. that your neck feels so bad. Well, I don't want to taunt you I, with that. I am happy that one of our necks is yes. doing its job correctly. One neck can get us through this show. Uh, one, two so. brains, Please. one Please. neck, and we'll get to the end of the show, I promise. <laughs> Kai Spears wants to get a little bit of money. He's the Alabama basketball player who is now suing the New York Times because the New York Times, he is claiming, falsely wrote that he was at the crime scene at the murder involving the Alabama basketball players. Uh, we actually spoke to Stephen P. New who is the attorney for Kai Spears on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow, and he called his shot on the lawsuit. Here's what he had to say. If, if there is no retraction, are you seeking monetary damages? Even if there is a retraction, we're seeking monetary damages. The, the retraction and the apology are the non-monetary terms 
of any resolution of this. And $75,000 is what he is suing for. And Charlie, what I think is a really cool move by Kai Spears and his attorney, they're going to use a chunk of that money that they feel pretty confident they're going to win to pay for the education of the victim's young child, five-year-old child in this case. So that's a really cool part about it. What the New York Times is alleged to have done, not very cool, but the New York Times has also dug in saying they backed their reporting on the story. Yeah, I mean, like, there's two sides to every story. I don't know what the New York Times knows that other people don't know. Uh, There was obviously a reason why this athlete was found to not be present at the scene uh, of the shooting, you know, when unfortunately one of their, um, their, their friends was killed. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that the attorney spot on though is, you know, apology is, is the bare minimum, right? You, you know, admit guilt. We're sorry. We're wrong. We move on, but the damage is done as far as the reputation. I'm sure there was maybe some opportunities um, that Kai Spears has potentially lost out on since it was reported that he was at the scene of the crime. You know, I don't know. I'm just speaking hypothetically, but who knows? There could have been a social media partnership that maybe didn't end up going through because the team was like, you know what? Innocent until proven guilty in most cases. But a lot of companies and organizations, they don't want to get their hands dirty when there's some type of um, controversy at hand. Charlie, we got to run. Clay Travis will join us next.